Level 7 dollars gets you right now? If you're in Virginia, barely one gallon of gas. A gas shortage is sending prices soaring, but a hefty ransom has maybe turned things around. That is, until the hackers strike again. The Colonial Pipeline, which spans from Houston, Texas to Linden, New Jersey, was out of commission last week, which sent gas prices soaring. Four, five, even seven dollars for a gallon of gas. Officials think the culprit is a digital extortion group known as DarkSide. Their specialty? Hacking computer systems, holding them hostage until they're paid to ransom. Five million dollars in this case. Cyber specialists always seem to be two steps ahead. Malware is on the rise, a new frontier in the struggle for freedom and justice for all. You know, sin is just like that. Infiltrating our systems and holding us hostage, its wages are dead. But the free gift of God, the ultimate firewall, is eternal life in Jesus Christ. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and here on this Tuesday, we're continuing to share the great story that's all about Jesus. Yesterday, we opened a series for this week called The Church in Early Days. It is a cameo, a little picture of what the early church looked like, and that's what I want us to see on the program today. While it may be a small sketch that takes only a paragraph, it has value for Christians. What the early church did should influence what we do today. It's important to study the end of Acts 2, verses 42 to verse 47. It comes after what we heard yesterday, the great sermon preached by Peter on the steps still remaining today leading up to the Temple Mount. The large steps are located just above a large collection of Jewish baptismal pools excavated by archaeologists from the first century the very place where thousands of new believers placed faith in the risen and ascended Jesus. There was water, so they baptized. This was no baptism of repentance like John performed to the east in the Jordan River. This was baptism after receiving the Holy Spirit and performed in the name of Jesus, the little cameo that follows the powerful day we call Pentecost. It was written on another day by Dr. Luke, once the Church of Jesus Christ was growing and thriving. Is there a single word to describe the church and what it looked like and what they did? I think one word would describe this ecclesia or body worshiping God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I think that one word is family. Haven Today opens with a song that's not 2,000 years old, but more like 30 years old. Welcome to the family, we're glad that you have come to share your life with us. As we grow in love and may we always be to you. What God would have us be A family always there To be strong and to lead Welcome to the family We're glad that you 
Debbie Rotino and one of their kids' praise songs. Welcome to the family. I can't get out of my mind singing that song when my children were young, driving our kids to church in our old Chevy wagon, and sometimes we even sang it in church. Ernie and Debbie, part of the Jesus Movement of Calvary Chapel in California. This is Haven Today and a program called The Church in Early Days. That song we heard came out a few decades back from Maranatha Music, and later in the program we will hear a much older Christian hymn, one of the odes from the first century of the early church. We'll also be joined again by probably the finest scholar on the worship of the Christian church through the centuries, the late Hughes Oliphant Old. After the program, I'd love to send you a copy of the Odes Project, a CD. For your generous gift to this program that is supported by friends like you. And our number you can call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or better, visit our website and there you can listen to samples of all the odes on this special CD as well as read more and watch more videos on this unique discovery. Our web address, haventoday.org haventoday.org. So now we're continuing to look at the early church. And of course, Pentecost was a significant day in their life. Yesterday, we studied that day when the Spirit descended, not just on the apostles, but on other new disciples of Jesus. Peter preached a Christ-filled sermon, an example for every preacher of the gospel to follow even today. He quoted the prophet Joel, who predicted hundreds of years beforehand the coming of God's Spirit on God's followers. The day foretold had finally come. And then, not many days later, were provided by Luke a brief picture or cameo of this early fellowship of the new believers in Jerusalem. They met at homes, as there were no church buildings. They taught, they preached, and they led new converts to faith at the temple. We know from Scripture that even some of the Pharisees were finding new faith in the crucified but risen Messiah, the Nazarene, Jesus. It was a new fellowship of believers. 
Listen now to Luke's writing and notice the order of what he recorded. Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God's Word, from a little paragraph that closes out Acts chapter 2. What can we learn and practice today from these early Christians? Well, first, it was a learning church. Second, it was a loving church. Third, it was a worshiping church. And fourth, it was an evangelistic church. And the order of the scripture, I believe, is important. So first, we see that it was a learning church. The eleven disciples were taught for three years by their Lord. But don't forget, we know from Luke's other book, his gospel, in Luke 24, that after Jesus arose, he taught how all the scriptures they had, the Hebrew Bible, were pointing to him. We know that from the sermon that Peter had just preached. It's what we do here on Haven Today when we talk about an Old Testament passage or verse. We use it like Jesus did to point to what was accomplished for us by our Savior, the atonement or forgiveness of sin. But it wasn't just going to school those 40 days after he rose. It was taking Scripture and applying it to living this new Christian life. It's something every believer continues to learn and live until we are called to our new home after this life. It was a learning church. But second, it was a loving church. In my life, I've seen churches filled with discord. They can easily spend their lives in squabble and leave out this fellowship of love. When someone enters your church, do they find a welcoming, loving spirit? Or do they sense that love in your local body is lacking? Those early Christians who had shared with those who had not. Read all of Acts and you quickly encounter the word prayer. They were a praying church. They prayed as one body. How about you? Is your church a praying church? I'm not saying that personal prayer be ignored, but are you praying frequently alone, but also with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You want to see revival? You want your church to grow? It needs to be a praying church. Third, it was a worshiping church. We're told they met frequently. They studied the Bible. They loved each other so they could then love others. They worshiped together. We know they sang hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs, as Paul says twice later in his letters, We get to hear another of those early Christian songs in a minute, probably written by an Essene God-fearer who, as you read the 40-plus odes discovered from the early church, you can tell when his hymn writing changed. He had put on the love of the Lord, as one ode describes it. From the cameo we just read, communion language is used. They frequently remembered the Lord's Supper together. They also shared common meals together. 
forth, and probably something we lose sight of too often today. They were an evangelistic church. They didn't keep their faith to themselves. They were ridiculed for their faith. They were tortured. They were even martyred. But they never quit sharing their Jesus with others. And the church grew and spread all over the world. They took Christ's words to heart and shared their new faith, and the Spirit convicted people everywhere, Jews and Gentiles alike. It was gospel seed planted and watered, and the harvest was great. So this learning, loving, worshiping, and gospel-sharing church was alive and active in the first century with much power, power from on high. Many had seen the risen Christ All of them had the power of the Holy Spirit testifying to their souls and empowering them to bring glory to the name of the Lord. They were living in the light, exulting in grace, and rejoicing about the great things Jesus had done for them. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord in heaven, we live in a day where history is not popular. People just want to live in the now. They want what they want today, and they tend not to think about yesterday. And sadly, too many don't even ponder tomorrow. Lord, would you right now speak to all of us through your Spirit? Remind us that we are sinners and we are only saved by grace, and that Christians are called to worship and to love others and to pray with each other and to share our newfound faith with those who lack faith. Lord, we can't do that out of our own strength or on our own. Surely not. But what we can do is tell others what's happened to us. Remind us that our faith is ever-growing. It's not something we can conjure up on our own. Faith is totally from you. It's a gift from above. And the faith we share is used by your spirit as seed is planted and and then there is this watering. The spirit is at work and the harvest is reaped. Lord, be merciful to all of us sinners and especially to those of us like me. I'm a recovering Pharisee. Lord, may we not forget the challenges that being a Christ follower bring, but the reward is so great to see others join us. And together, we will get to sing praises in person to the Lord Jesus Christ in a day to come when we are called home. So this, I want to pray to you right now. And say thank you, Lord, for salvation in Jesus Christ alone. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray right now. Amen. I was lifted up into the light. I put off darkness and put on light. I was near him 
Academics call it Ode 21, but on the Odes album we have for you today, it's called I Was Lifted Up Into the Light, featuring music by John Schreiner and sung for us by Jonathan Noel with the Riverbend Choir. This is Haven Today and a program called The Church in Early Days. Just before we go, 
I wanted to share with you Dr. Hughes Oliphant Old, a church history scholar, a scholar of worship in the early church, and what he said about the value of listening to these ancient songs from the early Christians called the Odes. All these things that connect us with the history of God's people have great value. It's important for us to be able to sing the hymns that Martin Luther and some of the other Reformers wrote. The same way with the hymns of Isaac Watts, the hymns of the Moravians, there are all these wonderful historical confirmations of our faith. The fact that all these things add their witness, their own particular historic witness. You know, there, there isn't any other organization in the world that has the continuity that the Christian faith does. I mean, this, this is something that we cherish and are strengthened by. The late Dr. Hughes Oliphant Old, sharing with me several years ago before he died from his home outside Trenton, New Jersey, near Philadelphia, talking about how the Odes encouraged him about the continuity of Christianity. The early church was a singing church, and they sang about the same things we need to sing about today. Christ is risen and alive and at work. They had been transformed in those early days by the power of the Holy Spirit. Many had even seen Christ before he rose and after he rose. And all this week, we're looking at these early days and how the same power at work 2,000 years ago is still here for you and me today. And that's why I'd like to send you a copy of the Odes CD that we have for your own private worship time or worship with others like in your church. These words were written by an early Christian, probably someone who even knew the Apostle John, and the words are so full of worship. The album we've put together features 14 of the odes, including the one we just heard. So I want to invite you to worship with the early Christians by making a gift to this listener-supported ministry and getting your copy of the Odes Project. This ancient music is unique. I believe it'll touch your heart in a special way. So please pray about how generous you can be. For over 87 years, we've been 100% supported by friends like you. So as a thank you for your support, I'd like to send you the Odes Project CD right away. The number you can call now is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or head over to our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And make sure you check out the special blog post that covers the history of the Odes with insightful video as well as audio. I think you'll enjoy that. And just before we go, I would like to also ask you to become a Haven partner. This is someone who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to Haven Ministries to help us keep sharing Christ with others just like the early church, except in this case, by radio. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? 
when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. No one enjoys it, but grieving is a necessary part of life. Live long enough, and we all will bury friends and loved ones. Ecclesiastes 3.4 is right when it says there is a time to mourn. It also is right to say that there's a time for dancing. So often, the right times for grief and joy have to do with those who are around us, We are to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Who around you is in need of a fellow mourner or a rejoicer? Well, that's what Jesus has done for us. He bore our sins, but he delights over us. And by his power, let us enter into the joys as well as the sorrows of our neighbors. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.